This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
KIRP Radio! Good evening, you're listening to the KIRP Radio Show. KRP stands for Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. I am your guest host, Rock OP. You may have noticed I was not there last Friday night of August. Uh, but tonight, so happens to be September 11th, a day uh, probably no one can forget if uh, you were old enough to remember that. A day at the time I did not believe it was going to change the world, but in a very real sense, in a largely or mostly in a majority sense in negative ways, it did change the world. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about 9-11 and the coronavirus pandemic. Yes, I said it's a pandemic, not a pandemic, because it was clearly planned. We're going to be talking about the connections between those, how really 9-11 laid the groundwork, uh, both politically, uh, really judicially, socially, uh, for what uh, the, nightmare, the nightmare we are living through now, uh, this medical martial law scenario. Well, if you'd like to get on the air, please give me a call, 619-638-8559, 619-638-8559. I will get you on the show. First, I'd like to I'd like to step back uh, from 9-11 and uh, talk about just some of the things, some of the things that we've experienced since the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, uh, was released. I'm going to play a brief video. You can find this on YouTube, which James Corbett calls GooTube. Uh, I really don't endorse YouTube, but I found this link there because YouTube is owned by Google, Google, part of the Alphabet Corporation. So this is part of the government media complex. We'll talk about that more tonight. But Google on uh, YouTube is very much a controlled platform. It's not a uh, it's not a free form. Uh, they've been deplatforming people left and right. Uh, started really with Alice Jones, was the first big name gone. And now I wouldn't be like I would endorse Alice Jones anymore as he got on the Trump train. But the point is, when you take away people that are influencing others uh, just because you disagree with some of their views, uh, that's very dangerous. And uh, it's no coincidence that there's one major video platform that has to be YouTube. And yeah, Twitter is the one major platform you know, for sharing uh, a few words. Uh, this is all by design. It's all by design. But I'm going to play this video. It's called It's Just a Mask. It was on, uh, it's on the channel The United Spot. The United Spot. It's done through the character of Batman's arch enemy, the psychopath, the Joker.
buy something with it from a big corporation. Cash is dirty. We can't give change. There's a coin shortage. Use your card. <laughs> In four months, they convince you to use a traceable card for everything. <laughs> In less than four months, government closed public schools, then restructured education under the guise of public safety. In less than four months, our government demonstrated how easily people assimilate to guidelines that have no scientific premise whatsoever when you are fearful. <laughs> in less than four months, our government successfully instilled fear in a majority of the population in America that allows them to control every aspect of your life, including what you eat, where you go, who you see, and your toilet paper. And the most dangerous and terrifying part, people are not afraid of the government who removed their freedom. They're afraid of their neighbors, family, and friends. <laughs> and they hate those that won't comply. It's absolutely terrifying to me that so many people don't question authority. They are willing to surrender their critical thinking skills and independence. They just gave up without thinking, without a fight. Do you know what's coming next? It's just a vaccine. Come on. It's for the greater good. <laughs> Wait until you're told that you can't enter any store or business without proof of the COVID-19 vaccine. Wait until you can't go to public events or get on a plane without proof of receiving the vaccine. Don't think it's possible? <laughs> well, you already allowed the government to say when you can go outside, where you're allowed to go and accept it, a new unproven digital education for your kids in the last hundred days. You probably blindly because you were told to do so. You're kidding politics. I don't care about that stuff. I don't think about it. Six million Jewish people were exterminated in Germany because 97% of the population cowered to populist control. Nobody wanted to think about it. It's easier just to ignore it. But that couldn't happen here in America, right? <laughs> they got you. Without a thought. Without a fight. Just like France. Just like Russia. Just like China. That video was posted on July 12th, so it's been two more months. So it's been about six months. Uh, I had said this before in the air. It's very important to step back because the changes, they've been so monumental and there's been so many, it's difficult to really ascertain and the powers that be really that uh, should not be don't want you to really appreciate or comprehend the magnitude the social engineering that's going on and is continuing to unravel. One thing in particular I thought that was uh, exceptionally good about that Joker video, again, it's, uh, if you want to see it, see it again, it's, it's called It's Just a Mask. The channel is the United Spot on GooTube, otherwise known as YouTube. The thing I appreciate is that the people that put that together clearly saw that the where the social engineering is going. In other words, if they had just rolled out an experimental vaccine and said, we, uh, you know, it normally takes, say, seven, yeah, good seven years at least for vaccine to be developed. What they're telling us now is that the vaccine, and there's more than one on the consideration, the vaccines that are being developed now for COVID-19 are a completely different biotechnology. 
it's going to alter your DNA. And this vaccine, they're saying, is going to be ready within a year. The president himself has said it may be ready before Election Day. And then as part of the disinfo campaign, where the government gives us, intentionally tells us contradictory things, other elements outside the administration or inside the administration have said, no, that's, uh, that's, that's too optimistic. But let, let's just say 12 months. Vaccine under the old biotech, the way vaccines were developed, would take, you'd say, a minimum of seven years to be, to be developed safely. If you believe in the science behind vaccines, which I'd say uh, that is highly suspect. I won't, will not go down that rabbit trail right now, but highly suspect. If you do some research, you'd see the vaccines really didn't eradicate a lot of diseases. What eradicated diseases in the Western world to a very large degree was sanitation, things like clean water, clean water, uh, yeah, having you know, running water that's clean, being able to dispose of wastewater. When you look at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I, I see uh, Bill Gates as really like the uh, the epitome of, of what a real supervillain is, uh, you know, bent, hell-bent on mass destruction and mass murder. He'd like to vaccinate the planet. And literally, literally, he has been responsible for the deaths of thousands in India and Africa. Uh, that, that information has been buried still out there. You can go, you can see the documentary I'll be referring to again tonight called Plandemic to indoctrination, not indoctrination, indoctrination, plandemic to indoctrination. That's been wiped by YouTube or YouTube. You can't get rid of it. Uh, you know, there's other there's other good sites out there. There's still legitimate independent forums like BitChute, Library, DTube. It's there. It's not going to go away. And their own their own site is up up and running too. You can still go to Plandemic. You do a search. Don't use Google. Use DuckDuckGo.com or StartPage.com. Just search for Plandemic, and you get to their website, and there will be links to it. In any case, uh, the social engineering behind the mask, it serves a number of purposes. Number one, it's, uh, it's alienation. A lot of what they're doing is to keep, obviously, to keep us apart. Uh, you could look at biblically and historically, if someone, if there is a problem of a virus or some type of pestilence or illness, you isolate those who are ill, not the healthy. Not everyone. Not everyone. Again, but people have submitted to this idiocy that, la- that has zero scientific basis. Virtually everything they've told us about, about the so-called corona, this particular novel coronavirus, so COVID-19, virtually everything they've said has been a lie. Virtually everything they've said has been completely a lie and thoroughly debunked at this point unlike the early days when uh, they caught us off guard, uh, now facts are in, and virtually everything they said has been a lie. One of, one of the aspects, again, one of the, the you know, several things are being accomplished through uh, deceiving the public to have them wear a mask. Number one, of course, it's always prisoner training. If, if government agencies can have you do something that is patently absurd and ridiculous, and even harmful, as is the case with the mask. It's even harmful because it cuts off your oxygen. One of the best videos I didn't cue this one up tonight on that is that someone took 
uh, talked about OSHA, the Occupational Health and Safety Administration. Now, it's not that the federal government should be involved with health. Uh, that's not one of the enumerated functions in the Constitution, which is still the highest law of the land. But the American public has accepted that mission creep. They've accepted Medicare. They accepted Medicaid. They've accepted the DEA. They've accepted the Food and Drug Administration. They, they accept OSHA, the Occupational Health, Health and Safety Administration. One of the things, when you get to the OSHA guidelines, it's really interesting. A gentleman made a brief, a brief video that went viral, no pun intended, and he goes, here's this oxygen meter. I'm going to show you what happens according to OSHA standards when I put it on. Um, almost immediately when he put the mask on and then he tests his oxygen, it was below level. I believe it's about to be safe. It's got to be at least, I think, 19%. I could be wrong. But it went below the threshold that OSHA says is safe to breathe. The oxygen level dipped dangerously unsafe. Uh, I have a friend <coughs> that told a, a nurse about this and said, "You, this is dangerous to leave a mask on all day. is dangerous because you're breathing in your carbon dioxide. You're breathing it in. Uh, you're cutting off your own oxygen. And the nurse said, I wonder if that's why I have a headache all the time. Yes, yes, that's why she has a headache all the time. So this is beyond, it's not just absurd. What they're telling us to do is actually unhealthy and unsafe and injurious. If, and I say, if the coronavirus, as they say, I think it exists in the lab, it's still not proven that it exists in the general populace. It really it is not proven because the test, and we'll look at that too tonight, percent inaccurate. You had independent researcher John Rappaport. He's been saying this. He's been using his powers of the pen, the digital pen. He's been talking about this. He's written article after article after article exposing how the tests are, are completely bogus and inaccurate. Then the New York Times made it true. They released a piece saying, you know, about 90% of the positives are false. And this is all out there. You know, this is all out there. Uh, everything they've told us has been a lie. The masks are ineffective and they're also harmful. I say ineffective. It's well known that viruses are much smaller than bacteria. bacteria. So yes, if there's bacteria floating around, which is a lot bigger than a virus, then maybe a little cloth mask, you're going to get some protection. Viruses just blow right through that. Even the so-called N95s, which virtually no one is wearing, are not effective against the virus. Okay. And this information was buried, incidentally, because you know, good old Alphabet, Google, they control the search engine, which you know, the government, uh, the government, we talk about the government military complex, it's the government information complex. They want it that way. You know, they want one big corporation controlling the search engines to control the narrative. Before the pandemic happened, if you search masks, it would say about wearing them all day. You see, you get a bunch of hits saying it's, they're not safe to wear all day and doesn't provide any protection against the virus. But then the algorithm changed after coronavirus started, after COVID-19 was released. Then it changed. So almost everything just about they've told us is a complete and total lie. And... Yeah, to quote the Bible, no lie is of the truth. Uh, Satan's main deception is Satan's, Satan's main activity is deception. It's deception. So this is this is a colossal lie. But the mask again, getting back, getting back to the Joker video. 
Uh, the mask is serves many purposes it's to uh, to alienate us. Again, this is prisoner training. If you do something that is absurd and contradicts real science, then obviously you know, you're more you're going to be more servile. You're going to be more submissive to whatever outrageous thing the government does. And what they are planning, make no mistake about it, will be a mandatory vaccine. I do not suspect that when the vaccine is rolled out, uh, it will be mandatory from day one. But what they will attempt to do is use social pressure. That's part of the PSYOP or the psychological operation that's being unleashed, which is also an excellent point made in the Joker video, that it's, it's fascinating but also terrifying that people aren't afraid of the government, which is destroying their livelihood. The government that's telling certain people that their ability to generate income is inconsequential. It's not essential. The government that's saying uh, you can't congregate, the government that has invalidated the First Amendment, we'll look at the Constitution tonight. Again, they're not afraid for the most part. The vast majority of people aren't concerned about the government. They're concerned about people not wearing masks like me. That's bad. I think a lot of people, this is just an anecdote, I think you go back a good two, three months ago, and I think a lot more people were afraid. But now that the numbers have come out, you know, they've made this a pandemic. Now it's really a case-demic. It's a case-demic because so few people are dying. And, of course, the numbers have been inflated from day one. One of my favorite stories is you had a guy in his 20s who died in a motorcycle crash in Florida, and then that was due to COVID. Okay. Uh, uh, a video I didn't key it up tonight that came out early on, you had a health official, may, may or may not have been a medical doctor in Illinois, early on, and I think she was trying to, to without losing her job, tell the people what was going on. She got better podium and briefly just said, anyone in hospice who's been diagnosed with COVID the death certificate says they've died of COVID, and she walked away. She left the podium. So if you don't know what hospice is, hospice is where you go when you've been already diagnosed, you have ter a terminal illness. So then when, you, when you're already diagnosed that you're terminally ill, and then you get COVID, it's rather logical to say it's fallacious, it's a logical fallacy, which essentially means it's a lie to then say you would die of COVID. And these numbers have cut, you know, have come out. You know, these these numbers have been exposed. They've inflated. They've inflated the the, the fatality. This is not a fatal disease, at all. Uh, in other words, it's not it's not a disease with a high fatality rate. We are dealing with something that isn't probably even as potent as a normal seasonal flu. All right. And now, then, when the flu starts up, watch how the numbers will spike again with COVID because they'll conflate those numbers. In any case, the mask is the mask is serving several purposes uh, to condition, socialize, and uh, you know, break down the will of the American public and you know, the public throughout the world since this is an international psyop we're living through. And it is preparing you for the mandatory vac vaccination. Again, I do not believe when the vaccination is introduced initially from day one, it will be mandatory, but eventually it will be. Initially, they'll, they'll use social pressure. Uh, the stats that I've seen, the numbers are encouraging. And that initially, I saw about, in one public opinion poll, about 40% of the public was said they were not going to get, take the vaccine. And you, when you drill down those numbers, it would be like half, half were hardcore like me. They would say under no circumstances would they take the vaccine. The others might have been malleable and might change. 
that number has shot up to 49% in spite of the PSYOP, which is showing a lot of people are seeing through the illusion. So I think a lot of people right now are wearing a mask just because they don't want to get hassled. Then you still shouldn't conform for that reason, but they're not wearing it because they think there's something deadly in the air. Yeah, that's, that's completely asinine, bogus. It's been disproven. It's been completely, to, to, totally discredited and disproven. But we couldn't have gotten here apart from 9-11. 9-11 set the stage for the medical martial law that we're now living through. 9-11 set that stage for the medical martial law we are now living through. I wrote a piece now just over five years ago on my, uh, on my blog, paradishift.net, P-A-R-A-D-Shift.net, why we should never forget 9-11 posted this on September 6, 2015. We should never forget the events of September 11, 2001, because no other day has shaped U.S. foreign and domestic policies more post-World War II. After 9-11, the U.S. has been involved in wars and military aggression in the Middle East, and we have seen the transformation of life in the USA to a police state. While the transformation of the U.S. into a domestic police state began well before 9-11, the adoption of the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, and numerous federal laws, beginning with the Patriot Act, have accelerated the transformation of the USA into a, into a domestic police state. Therefore, it's critically important to understand the significance of what transpired on 9-11 and who was responsible. Everyone believes that the terrorist attacks of 9-11 were the work of a conspiracy. Either 19 Muslims led by a man on dialysis planned and executed the most horrific terrorist attacks in U.S. history, or others were involved and responsible. So everyone believes a conspiracy was involved. It's just a matter of who was, re- who was behind the conspiracy. There is no evidence that proves Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda were responsible. While the U.S. claims that confessions were recorded by prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, all of those tapes were destroyed. Furthermore, the two co-chairs of the 9-11 Commission, Tom Keene and Lee Hamilton, went public to say there was obstruction of justice from the CIA that prevented the 9-11 Commission from obtaining answers and information they requested. The documentary 9-11 pressure through details the battle 9-11 victims' family members had to endure to get the federal government to agree to conduct an investigation. So that was, that in and of itself is fascinating. There's a lot of good documentaries out there. 9-11 pressure truth is good just to see that how crazy it was that the victims' families had to fight to even get the government to set up any type of investigation. Of course, the 9-11 Commission was complete whitewash and bogus. Never even discussed uh, what happened with World Trade Center 7. Never discussed it. Yes, three towers came down in New York City that day. Uh, the Twin Towers, World Trade Centers 1 and 2, and then World Trade Center 7. The 47-story tall building fell at free fall speed that afternoon after 5 p.m., and no plane hit World Trade Center 7. And we were told to believe that was due to fires. That is, that's a, that's a, that was a physical impossibility. But that, that was a good, that's a good documentary if you want to just see the fight for 9-11 Commission. If you want to see hardcore evidence for why 9-11 couldn't have happened the way they said, uh, you go to ae911truth.org, architects and engineers for 9-11truth.org, ae911truth.org. Uh, they put together a number of videos uh, one that I have posted in my article was melted steel beams and molten iron. Melted steel beams and molten iron. That was part one of a, of a bigger documentary they did. 
And in that, they document what's out there as public record, that whatever brought down the towers was so hot, there was molten metal under the base of the towers for well over a month after 9-11. So it, it was impossible that jet fuel not only could have caused uh, a collapse. Think about this, too. The attack was asymmetrical. In other words, you just have, you have planes hitting those towers, right? And the towers were built to withstand uh, direct impact from a 707, which was you know, roughly the size of a 747. It was designed to withstand that very easily, very easily. So we were told that fires from an asymmetrical attack, asymmetrical, you know, one pop, one point of impact, one point of impact, then caused a symmetrical collapse. Both towers collapsed at near free fall speed into their footprints. Of course, it was controlled demolition. I didn't queue up the videos tonight, but you could see at the time Dan Rather and others saying, talking about well-placed explosives. And then the American people were told to forget what they had seen or to reinterpret what they had seen. Say, well, it was fires, of course. Fires have never brought down a steel frame building except on 9-11, if you believe the official story. And it becomes all the more absurd when you consider that World Trade Center 7, a 47-story tall building, was not even hit by a plane. And they said fires caused a symmetrical collapse of that 47-story tall, 47 tall building to fall into its own footprint. Completely absurd. You could see uh, you could see one whole documentary still out there. You could search for it on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure it's elsewhere and probably better uh, better platforms like BitChute, Library, and DTube. 9/11 Mysteries Demolitions. 9/11 Mysteries Demolitions. That was one that I saw early on that got me to see that the official explanation was uh, completely bogus. If you want to see as far as beyond the physical evidence uh, what was going on, uh, see so look at loose change. And then loose change, uh, loose change, final cut. Both of them clearly prove that at the time, at the time, the U.S. public was lied to massively. And this was not left versus right, as I said at the time. With loose change, it was right versus wrong, not political right, but right what is correct, what's true versus wrong. Uh, it isn't like the Democrats ever held the Bush administration accountable for what happened with 9-11. That never happened because we have we have a two-party system. It's the Genovese's versus the Gambitos. It's like two crime families. I love the analogy that one person said. It's like, if you want to understand the two-party system, it's like two crime fam families, Genovese's and the Gambinos having a card game. Occasionally during the game, Someone gets shot, but the game never stops. The game never stops. So if you want to see, you want to delve into 9-11 more, uh, look at Loose Change and Loose Change Final Cut. Good documentaries. 9-11 laid the groundwork of the medical martial law that we are now, we are now experiencing. It laid that groundwork. If you might remember, after 9-11 occurred, shortly thereafter, a number of letters were sent with uh, anthrax, and anthrax is an interesting it's an interesting bioweapon. Uh, you could touch it; it's not going to do anything. It's it's, you know, it's not going to affect you. You inhale it, 
and, that, and then it becomes deadly. Anthrax was mailed from what was on the envelope from, I believe, a few, or supposedly the return address, which was false, was a few grammar schools in uh, New Jersey. And that was sent out to a few, uh, a few senators' offices. I'm not sure. I think maybe a few people got ill. I'm not sure if anyone died. But that, that happened shortly after September 11th. And then states had passed after that. They got a template, I forget who wrote it, for medical martial law, and most states passed that. So now we have all these, this, uh, all the abominable laws, well, not laws, all the abominable executive actions. The groundwork was laid for the states passing those laws after that anthrax attack. Anthrax, anthrax attacks. If you look into the anthrax, too, very interesting. The anthrax, and you probably didn't hear this in the in the newspapers, the regular the regular press at the time, if you remember, it was actually it was proven when they looked at it, it had a fingerprint. Okay, it's a bioweapon had a fingerprint. It was produced at a secure bioweapons facility uh, in Fort Detrick, Maryland. They know that. They tried to pin it on one person, and that person claimed innocence, and then they claimed that person killed himself. No, I don't think that person killed himself anymore than Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Though unlike that person, I think Epstein is probably in Belize or uh, Costa Rica or wherever he wants to be. I think he's still alive. I don't think that uh, that scientist who they tried to pin it on is still alive. But think about how absurd that was. The government, the anthrax used was produced in the government lab. And they tried to pin it on one person. How'd that one person, there's no safeguards, how'd that one person get it out? And what would be the motivation for that person to do that? He can't say anything now. He's dead. So, But that laid the groundwork for the medical martial law we're now living through with the pandemic. And I do say, again, it is a, it's a pandemic. It's not a pandemic uh, because the uh, this is in we're about to say is in documentary pandemic two indoctrination. They proved for a fact that the novel coronavirus, COVID nineteen, was patented. It was patented before it was released. So this idea that you know it just popped out someone at a at a uh, at a at a wet market in Wuhan, China, uh, was eating a bat, and this jumped from the bat to us, complete and utter absurdity, total lie, it's been disproven. Not only, and not only, was the coronavirus, the COVID-19, patented before it was released. The test for it, which is very inaccurate, was also patented beforehand. This is, all this stuff has come out within the last month. So I, I highly commend uh, you to see that, that, uh, that documentary, Plandemic 2 indoctrination and you can go to their site you can find it on BitChute they have their, good, their own site on BitChute getting back to 9-11 uh, one other thing I would mention that's come out more recently I talked about some information now that's been out a long time ago uh, I quote stuff I wrote five years ago here's something relatively new in 2020 a four year study found that fire did not cause building 7's collapse on 9-11 I mentioned World Trade Center 7 47-story building, collapsed in freefall speed. No plane hit it. I'm quoting from Matt Agarist. That's obviously uh, that's a pen name on Free Free Thought Project. Okay, you go to the freethoughtproject.com. 
He's one of the editors, might be the main editor. And he wrote this piece. Never forget, in 2020, a four-year study found that fire did not cause Building 7's collapse on 9-11. As the media frenzy around 9-11 reminds us today to never forget, there is some crucial information that the establishment absolutely wants all Americans to forget. The overwhelming abundance of evidence that pokes serious holes in the official narrative of what happened that fateful day. On September 11, 2001, at 5.20 p.m., World Trade Center Building 7 suddenly collapsed into its own footprint, falling at freefall speed for 2.5 seconds of its seven-second complete destruction. WTC-7 was not hit by a plane. After it collapsed, Americans were told that office fires called the unique, never-before-seen, complete architectural failure leading to the building collapsing to its own footprint at the rate of gravity. Despite calls for evidence to be preserved, New York City officials had the building's debris removed and destroyed in the ensuing weeks and months, preventing a proper forensic investigation from ever taking place. Seven years later, federal investigators concluded that WTC-7 was the first steel-framed high-rise ever to have collapsed solely as a result of normal office fires. Naturally, skeptics have been questioning the official story for some time, and after moving from the realm of conspiracy theory into the realm of science, this extensive university study has found that the official story of fire causing collapse is simply not true. Uh, as the, the free the Free Thought Project report in April, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth announced the completed partnership with the University of Alaska Fenerbahce in the final report of an in-depth four-year study of what, they are, of what they say actually brought down WTC-7. According to the press release, contrary to the conclusions of NIST, that's the National Institute of Standards and Technology, part of the Department of Commerce, they were tasked with giving, uh, producing the cover-up reports for 9-11, Contrary to conclusions of NIST, the UAF, University of Fairbanks, Alaska, research team finds that the collapse of WTC-7 on 9-11 was not caused by fires, but instead was caused by the near simultaneous failure of every column in the building that would also be known as a controlled demolition. Our study, quote, our study found that the fires in WTC-7 could not have caused the observed collapse, said Professor Leroy Holsey, the study's principal investigator. The only way it could have fallen in the observed manner is by the near simultaneous failure of every column. That is what we would call a controlled demolition. I ended his quote. Uh, that's my that's what I'm saying to interpret what he said. The near, the near simultaneous failure of every column is controlled demolition. The extensive four-year study was funded by Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, a nonprofit organization representing more than 3,000 architects. That's grown over the years. I think five years ago it was just over 2,200. Representing more than 3,000 architects and engineers who have signed the organization's petition calling for a new, investiga for a new investigation into the destruction of the three World Trade, World Trade Center towers on 9-11. We are proud to have supported the University of Alaska Fairbanks and Professor Leroy Holsey in conducting a genuinely scientific study into the reasons for this building's collapse, said Richard Gage, president and founder of AE 9-11 Truth. It is now incumbent upon the building community, the media, and government officials to reckon with the implications of these findings and launch a new full-scale investigation. Uh, that has not happened. I don't suspect uh, that will happen uh, probably ever in the near future. <laughs> but just to let you know, uh, 
if you look at any of the footage of, this, of destruction of World Trade Center 1 and 2, as well as 7, uh, what you're seeing uh, is a controlled demolition. And the University of Alaska at Fairbanks, certainly with uh, World Trade Center 7 in particular, that's what they study, not the Twin Towers, they said, uh, they said as such. Again, it is amazing to see the footage on that day to see Dan Rad and others talk about well-placed explosives, and everyone got on everyone got on the same page. They were given the same script. They got the narrative, and the U.S. public was told to believe something, to not believe what their eyes had seen, to interpret that what their eyes had seen wasn't a controlled demolition, but it was just uh, it was just this pancake collapse at free fall speed, which has never happened in history, in the history of the universe. You listen to the KRP radio show that's keeping it real pudgy. Melissa, this is your guest host, Rocco P. We're going to go, going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk about the Constitution, and a little bit more about what is a psyop, what is a psychological operation, what are we living through right here and now. Listen to the KRP radio show. KRP radio. <laughs>
K-I-R-P Radio! You're listening to K-I-R-P Radio Show. Keep me real. Pudgy Miller, guest host, Rocco P. I'm talking about 9-11 and the coronavirus pandemic connections. How much have they lied to the U.S. public about this? Let's, uh, let's gonna look at two sets of stats to show how this is a colossal lie. First, I'll quote from the Gateway Pundit, and uh, sources quote are not necessarily endorsed, uh, but Gateway Pundit, and this was all over the New World Alternative Media. Shock report, this was posted on, on uh, published on August 29th. This week, CDC quietly updated COVID-19 numbers. Only 9,210 Americans died from COVID-19 alone. The rest had different other serious illnesses. Now, the fact that 
the majority of the people had died with other so-called comorbidities. And I believe if you drill down to the numbers, uh, it's, uh, the average is 2.6, and also the average age, uh, again, it's, it's well above 70, I think it's closer to 80. And that was the same when you drill down the numbers in Italy. There's people that were uh, at least 70 years old, probably, I think, 80. Don't quote me on that, 70 to 80. And they had at least 2.6 other comorbidities, meaning you know, cancer, emphysema, uh, COPD, things like that. So we, all, we knew for a long time people were dying allegedly with COVID. But I had mentioned before, one of the most hilarious examples was a guy in his 20s who died in a motorcycle accident in Florida. And uh, that was ruled a COVID death. I think they might have reversed that one when they got bad press. So I'm going to read part of this piece from uh, the Gateway Pundit published on August 29th. So let's get this straight. Based on the recommendation of Drs. Fauci and Burks, the U.S. shut down the entire economy based on 9,000 American deaths due entirely to the China coronavirus. And it was, uh, let's not blame China. Uh, we were first to report the director general of the WHO, good communist, on March 3rd, 2020, created panic with his highly flawed statement. Uh, while many people globally have built up immunity to seasonal flu strains, COVID-19 is a new virus to which no one has immunity. That means more people are susceptible to infection and some will suffer severe disease. Globally, about 3.4% of reported COVID-19 cases have died. By comparison, seasonal flu generally kills far fewer than 1% of those infected. The CDC's numbers before this article, incidentally, yet drilled down, fatality rate was uh, uh, 0.26%. Uh, or was it 0.026%? It was low. I think it was 0.26%. The statement caused a global panic. We, however, knew it was wrong. We wrote about it then. And I won't play the video of Dr. Graberus, the communist from the WHO. We won't play that video. Uh, it was not 3.4%. That was proved then. And let me see. They, they've published highly. Okay. Dr. Tony Fauci and Deborah Burks used the Imperial College model to persuade President Trump to lock down the entire U.S. economy. And of course, this was international in scope. The fraudulent model predicted 2.2 million American deaths from the coronavirus pandemic. The author, authors of the Imperial College model shared their findings with the White House Coronavirus Task Force in early March. Dr. Fort, Fauci and Burks then met with President Trump privately and urged them to shut down the U.S. economy and destroy the record Trump economy based on this model. I don't know about that record Trump economy, but... In any case, that model, that model, uh, that model, that model uh, was never revealed where they got that math from. It was a secret. It was a secret. And then the author of the model showed he really didn't believe in social distancing because uh, he was uh, he was sleeping with one man's wife. That's a side point. Of, uh, that's a side point. So that was all trash in the beginning. So now the CDC updated their numbers to show that only 6% of all alleged coronavirus deaths, and I say alleged because of the comorbidities, were completely due to the coronavirus alone. So 6%, that makes it just over 9,200. Now, to be fair with those numbers, when you drill down the talk, they're saying at this point, when this came out at the end of August, they said the death count in the U.S. was 153,504. So you drill down if... Yeah, only 6% were due to coronavirus or COVID-19 exclusively, then 
you know, that 6%, that's 9,200. However, to be fair, let's just look at the comorbidities. Let's just say, okay, anyone else that had a respiratory disease at the time. So to be fair, that would, that would pump it up. That would be about a third. That would roughly be about a third. So that would make it over 50,000. Yeah, 50,656 to be honest. But even if you pump that up, okay, this is a tiny, in a country of over, well over 300 million. Okay, how many people die, you know, from, from, uh, you know, just smoking? Yeah, how many people die from cancer? Yeah, how many people die in car accidents? So it's clearly they've lied about they've lied about everything about this. So even if you pump it up, fifty thousand, just over fifty thousand is insane to shut down the economy. It's completely insane. Completely insane. It's completely insane. Uh the other stat that came out and that that's that's still around you have to search for the C D C site, they've hidden it. It's still there. Uh the other the other thing that came out it was uh, I'm gonna quote from a piece from Town Hall. That's a right-wing site. Again, sources quarter are not necessarily endorsed. I would say I'm neither right-wing nor left-wing. I am uh, I'm pro-constitutional, uh, classical liberal, which would mean I'm a libertarian. Not about I'm not into the Libertarian Party, which is just as corrupt as the Republicans and Democrats. I'm talking about philosophy. I'm talking about the idea we have individual liberties. The government's job should be protect our liberties, not take them away. Town Hall piece, August 29th. Oops. Uh, it looks like the vast majority of positive COVID results should have been negative. Testing, testing, testing. That's how Pelosi and the Democrats say we'll defeat the coronavirus. And again, they're making this left right. It's not if it was if it was that simple, again the Republicans could have fixed this and they haven't. Meanwhile, President Trump and his administration are conducting Operation War Feed at breakneck pace to develop therapeutics, diagnosis, and vaccine. Which the vaccine is the real bioweapon. Unlike testing, treatments will actually do something for you when you come down sick with the disease. No, it's it will do something for you. Uh, it's going to kill a lot of people. It's going to be far more deadly than this fake virus. But now we're learning the overwhelming majority of those who have tested positive for the coronavirus should really have been found negative after all. According to the New York Times, potentially 90% of those who have tested positive for COVID-19 have such insignificant amounts of the virus present in their bodies that such individuals do not need to isolate, nor are they candidates for contact tracing. Leading public health experts are now concerned that overtesting is responsible for misdiagnosing a huge number of people with harmless amounts of the virus in their systems. Quote, most of these people are not likely to be contagious, and identifying them may contribute to bottlenecks that prevent those who are contagious from being found in time, warns the Times. So, uh, John Rappaport, I mentioned him before, he uh, yeah, he was all over this like a cheap sweater. He wrote his piece on September 1st. The whole scam just fell apart. COVID test overwhelming number of false positives. I want to queue up a quote from uh, from here from uh, John Rappaport. Again, his site is nomorefakenews.com, nomorefakenews.com. Yes, he was talking about fake news years before, years and years before Trump was uh, was elected president. Okay, let me break this down for you. This is John Rappaport from John Rappaport's piece, because it's a lot worse than the Times admits. New York Times rabbit hole goes much deeper, and I've been reporting on the deeper facts for months. The issue appears to be the ballooning sensitivity of the PCR test. It's so sensitive it picks up inconsequential, tiny, tiny amounts of virus that couldn't harm a flea, and it calls these amounts positive. 
Therefore, millions of people are labeled positive infectives who carry so little virus, no harm would come to them or anyone they come in contact with. That would be bad enough. But the truth is, the PCR test is not able to produce any reliable number that reflects how much virus a person is carrying. A lot, a little, it doesn't matter. The test has never been validated in a large-scale study for the ability to quantify the amount of a virus a person is carrying. I proposed how that study should be done in the real world, not in the lab. John Rappaport, from his piece, the whole scam just fell apart, COVID test, overwhelming number of false positives. Again, go to nomorefakenews.com if you want to read the rest of that, nomorefakenews.com. So when I had said before earlier in the program that virtually everything they've told us about this alleged virus, it exists in the lab, uh, have people really died from it? I think it's it's all debatable. Again, you drill down to these numbers. This is this is inconsequential. So that begs the question: Why why are we going through uh, a cultural revolution and this this psyop, the psychological op- operations, international scope? Just why are they doing this? Let me back up. Let me back up and talk a little bit about a psyop. And I'm going to quote from none other none other than. Uh, Respected piece here than uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia. So I go with uh, go with a government government affiliated source here, Wikipedia. Psychological operations or psyop are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. The purpose of United States psychological operations is to induce or reinforce behavior favorable to U.S. objectives. They are an important part of the range of diplomatic, informational, military, and economic activities available to the U.S. They can be utilized during both peacetime and conflict. There are three main types, strategic, operational, and tactical. Strategical PSYOP-induced informational activities conducted by the U.S. government agencies outside the military arena, although many utilize Department of Defense assets. Does that sound familiar? And do you see what I'm saying as a quote from this, this piece from Wikipedia? The U.S. public is the operation of the PSYOP. You know, we are the target of the PSYOP. Operational PSYOPs are conducted across the range of military operations, including during peacetime, in a defined operational area to promote the effectiveness of the Joint Force Commanders' campaigns and strategies. Tactical PSYOPs are conducted in the area assigned to a tactical commander across the range of military operations to support the tactical mission against opposing forces. Okay. And that's really what you see when people reacted, for example, when the numbers came out that only 6% actually died based upon the CDC's numbers of COVID, not with COVID. The response to that from the mainstream media prostitute whores was, well, that, that's ludicrous. When anyone dies, I mean, they always die from multiple causes. Right, right. So they always die from multiple causes. No, no. The coronavirus is impotent. The real bioweapon is a vaccine. The coronavirus is impotent, the real virus. The real, the real bioweapon is the vaccine. Getting back to Wikipedia, PSYOP can encourage popular discontent with the opposition's leadership and by combining persuasion with a credible threat, degrade an adversary's ability to conduct or sustain military operations. They can also disrupt, confuse, and protract the adversary's decision-making process, undermine command and control. When properly employed, PSYOP have the potential to save the lives of friendly or enemy forces by reducing the adversary's will to fight. Did you get that? 
When properly employed, PSYOP has the potential to save the lives of friendly or enemy forces by reducing the adversaries' will to fight. We, the U.S. public, and the free people of the world, we're the adversary. Okay? They want to eliminate our will to fight. Just see how many people just put on a mask, even if you're just doing it not to get hassled. I understand that, but you shouldn't do that. Uh, almost every government's edict probably across the state. First off, getting back to the mask, that violates the American, the federal law, Americans with Disability Acts. No, according to the Constitution, there shouldn't be any federal health laws, but it is on the books. Yeah. They can't force you to wear a mask. That's federal law. And based upon the way they construe, not I construe, they construe federal supremacy, it's wrong to force anyone to do it. Plus, all of the state, all of the state edicts, all of the government's edicts, they always have an out for medical reasons. Now, Connecticut, I don't know if other states do this, they're so far down, they're far more down the fascist rabbit hole. They're so far gone. They basically said as part of the edict, okay, we understand not everyone can wear, can wear a mask. But if you can, if you're in that category, you have to carry around a letter from your doctor, not disclosing the specifics because they also care about another federal law called HIPAA, Health Insurance Portability and Protection Act. Not because of that. Uh, they, they, so they, they, they want you to carry a letter in Connecticut if you're not wearing masks saying from your doctor, you do have a legitimate medical condition that requires you not to wear a mask without saying what that is. So, so they're not, so they're not violating federal law. So that is, that's fascist. But the point is, you always have an out. You always have an out. But by lower, uh, this is what we're under. This is a psyop. This, this is, this is a psyop. What we're under, okay? Uh, by lowering the adversary's morale and then its efficiency, psyop can also discourage aggressive actions by creating dis- disaffection within their ranks, ultimately leading to surrender. Uh, the U.S. public has largely surrendered when you have people wearing masks. Uh, and uh, knowing that wearing the mask, it's it's uh, it's absurd. It's uh, it's harmful. Cuts off your oxygen. It hurts you. You're breathing in your carbon dioxide. If you're wearing a mask a lot, that is, and you have a headache, that is probably why you have a headache. Because you're you're cutting off your, you're not getting the oxygen you should get. And you're breathing in your carbon dioxide. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Now, I had mentioned pandemic too. That's out there, but I just wanted to say a little bit more about this, about the concept of PSYOP and that the U.S. public is under attack. A lot of people, when I first heard this, it was hard to conceive, is that when you look at the CIA, the CIA became part of the U.S., uh, became part of a permanent organization. It was part of a war, it was a war intelligence group. It was the officers of uh, the OSS, uh, the Officer Strategic Services, I think. That was it. Officer of Strategic Services. After World War II, the United States continued to fight the war. How did that happen? Uh, they changed the name of the Department of War, which wasn't a permanent department. They made it permanent by calling it the Department of Defense. The Joint Chiefs of Staff became passed the National Security Act. Then the OSS became permanent, and they, and they called it the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency. So the CIA, <coughs> from its inception, has been a military intelligence organization. The U.S. public is under this uh, this psyop, this psychological operation. the The media, okay, the media is not independent. I hate to break that news. When I first heard that, it was hard for me to believe, but it's not. The media is largely controlled by the CIA. To prove that, I'm going to quote back from 1975. 
Senator Frank Church had hearings. They looked at the time into the assassination of President Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and other activities. And that gave us a glimpse into the real deep state, not the fake deep state, the real deep state. I'm going to play a few minutes from the Church Committee hearings as Senator Church was talking to then-CIA Director William Colby about the influence of the CIA over the media. And this goes back to 1975. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA? who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the National News Services, AP and UPI. Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. And we're looking at that very carefully. We have. Yeah, they were looking at that very carefully. Uh, it was, uh, we got a glimpse then into the real deep state in 1975. And uh, the committee's findings were published in 1976. Of course, uh, we never got to hear what CIA director, executive director, uh, CIA director Colby said behind closed doors to the Senate. Of course, the Senate, uh, those on the Intelligence Committee then, they would be sworn secrecy to the national security. So when I say this is a PSYOP and a psychological operation, this is at the highest level is where you're seeing it. It's an international scope. This dwarfs 9-11. In its effect, and again, 9/11, of course, laid the foundation socially and uh, politically for what we're living through now with this medical martial law. But make no mistake about it: uh, when you turn on the national news, uh, when you read mainstream newspapers, this is CIA. Uh, there's other videos I could have queued up to that show, uh, you know, local news networks across, you know, local affiliates across the country. Uh, uh, Conan O'Brien put a few of these together. They literally said he put together. He'd look at like yeah, say like 30 different local local stations across the country, and they'd have not. And they weren't just all ABC, say ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. They all had. They were saying the same things about the same stories. They had the same talking points, the same script. So, the news is not only a social construct. You can talk about the news. What's in the news? As if that makes something real. If you see the news, the news is a military intelligence construct. 
sudden the information you're getting is false from the mainstream media. And then when real information comes out, then they try to counter it, such as the fact that only 6% of the CDC's numbers, only 6% actually died of COVID. And I still I would dispute that again. As I said before, if you want to qualify that, if you pump it up to a third based upon respiratory disease, still talking about radically changing our entire social structure and economy for just over 50,000 deaths. That's insane. That's insane. Huh? Where, uh, where, where, would, uh, where do we go from here? Uh, where do we go from here? Well, unless the people, unless we the people stand up, it's obviously going to get worse. And as I said in the beginning of the program, part of you know, the social engineering with the masks is not only to just see how the people can be conditioned psychologically to do something that, that is not only absurd but harmful, but it's to, it's to preposition you to get you ready for when they say, well, for the greater good, you have to take the vaccine, even though now, based upon their own numbers, COVID isn't deadly. And, and make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. When the vaccine's unleashed, when, when the real bioweapon is unleashed, it's not going to be one vaccine because uh, there's never been, and Robert, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has done some excellent research on this, excellent research. There's never been a vaccine for any type of, of uh, coronavirus. Okay, the common cold is type of coronavirus. There's never been a vaccine for any coronavirus. Okay, so now they're using experimental technology, rushing it, and they're going to unleash that on the people. Robert F. Kennedy, you could, you could find his stuff. He's, he said this on uh, he said this on uh, in several interviews. Again, he can not all some of his stuff is still up on YouTube. Uh, even though I do not endorse YouTube, as I said, I would say look first at BitChute DTuber Library. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has said in the past, he, he drilled down, he looked at the research, when they tried to produce a, a vaccine for coronavirus, they used ferrets based upon, I believe, the ferrets respiratory system. And when the ferrets took the shot, it looked good. Everything looked good. Then they were fine. Then when they were actually exposed to the virus, which they were supposed to be protected from, due to having taken the shot, they all died. They all died. And he mentioned a study on children, and some of them, some of them died. Uh, some of them were just very sick. So, yeah, the if you take this virus, even if it's the law, I just want to let you know, it's it's basically in slow motion. It's just like taking a gun to your head. Okay, well maybe to your chin, maybe just you know blowing off your chin or part of your face. That's what that's what taking the vaccine is going to be like. That's what taking taking the vaccine is going to be like. And sad, it, it, it's sad that so many people are just going along with this. I mentioned the Constitution. Uh, I mentioned the Constitution. The Constitution is long, long. You know, it's been eviscerated, you know, piece by piece. You say it's been death by a thousand cuts. John Whitehead wrote a piece that was helpful. Mile markers of tyranny, losing our freedoms on the road from 9/11 to COVID-19. Mile markers of tyranny, losing our freedoms on the road from 9/11 to COVID-19. And you can see that uh, I pulled that up at Activist Post. You go to his site. Uh, you can find that if you search under John Whitehead. Uh, it's the Rutherford Institute. The Rutherford Institute. Whitehead wrote, "What has the past twenty? What the past twenty years has proven is that the U.S. government poses a greater threat to our individual and collective freedoms and national security than any terrorist, foreign threat, or pandemic." And allowing ourselves to be distracted by terror drills, 
foreign wars, color-coded warnings, partisan politics, pandemic scares, and other carefully constructed exercises in propaganda, sleight of hand and obfuscation, we failed to recognize that the U.S. government, the government that was supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, for the people, has become the enemy of the people. Indeed, the U.S. government has grown, up, grown so corrupt, greedy, power-hungry, and tyrannical over the course of the past 240-plus years that our constitutional public has since given way to an idiocracy, and representative government has given way to, to a kleptocracy, a government ruled by, ruled by thieves, and a cacistocracy, a government run by unprincipled career politicians, corporations, and thieves that panders to the worst vices in our nature and has a little regard for the rights of American citizens. Although the Bill of Rights, that's the first ten amendments to the Constitution, was adopted as a means of protecting the people against government tyranny, in America today, the government does whatever it wants. Here's what it means to live under the Constitution post-9-11 and in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic. Notice I said pandemic. The First Amendment is supposed to protect the freedom to, the freedom to speak your mind, assemble, and protest non-violently without being brought by the government. Uh, it also protects the freedom of the media as well as the right to worship and pray without interference. In other words, Americans should not be silenced by the government. To the founders, all of America was a free speech zone. Despite the clear protections found in the First Amendment, the freedoms described therein are under constant assault. Again, if you read the First Amendment, it's uh, very clear. It's very clear what it says. Uh, it's a negative affirmation, as are the rest of the the uh, Bill of Rights. They passed the Bill of Rights. The Constitution would not have been ratified by the states because the Constitution created a stronger general government, what they call general government, we call federal government. They are also con confederations that are very weak, general or federal government. People like Patrick Henry were very suspect of then the Federalists wanting a stronger federal or general government. So the Constitution was only ratified with the promise that the Bill of Rights would be passed. They're negative affirmations. In other words, it, it, it further confirms what the federal government could do. You just look at the preamble here. The Bill of Rights has provided in the first ten amendments to the Constitution of the United States, effective December 15, 1791, article is in addition to an amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America, proposed by Congress and ratified by legislatures of the several states, pursuant to a fifth article of the original Constitution preamble. The conventions of a number of the states, having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses. You get that? Further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. And as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficent ends of its institution. Article 1, First Amendment. Congress shall make no law, negative, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition and to petition the government for redress and grievances. At the state level, just like in North Carolina, almost every state has their version of these because that's talking about what the federal government couldn't do. The state governments, by and large, have the same have the same protections and they're in violation when whether it's Governor Cooper in North Carolina 
or any other governor, or Governor Cuomo in New York, or Governor Newsom in California, when they tell churches they can't meet, they're in violation of the state, their state constitutions, period. You can't pass a law that violates state constitution, state law. This is, that's the highest law of the land. Okay? I'm going to read from the Fourth, the fourth Amendment, too. What, is it, what does the actual constitution say? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So I, perhaps I'm a, I'm a terrorist because I've just quoted from Article 1, I mean Amendment 1 and Amendment 4 of the U.S. Constitution. I don't know. Uh, John Whitehead goes on to talk about how this, is, this has been... Uh, this, this has been eliminated. Despite the clear protections found in the First Amendment, the freedoms described therein are under constant assault. Increasingly, Americans are being arrested and charged with bogus contempt of cop charges, such as disrupting the peace or resisting arrest, for daring to film police officers engaged in harassment or abusive practices. Journalists are being prosecuted for reporting on whistleblowers. States are passing legislation to most reporting on cruel and abusive corporate practices. Religious ministries are being fined for attempting to feed and house homeless. Protesters are being tear-gassed, beaten, arrested, and forced into free speech zones. And under the guise of government speech, the courts have reasoned that the government can discriminate freely against any First Amendment activity that takes place within a government forum. Yeah, that is Orwellian. Going to quote again to go back to Whitehead's piece, the Fourth Amendment prohibits government agents from conducting surveillance on you or touching you or invading you unless they have some evidence they are up to something criminal. In other words, the Fourth Amendment ensures privacy and bodily integrity. Unfortunately, the Fourth Amendment has suffered the greatest damage in recent years and has been all but eviscerated by an unwarranted expansion of police powers that includes strip searches and even anal and vaginal searches of citizens. Surveillance, corporate and otherwise, and intrusions justified in the name of fighting terrorism, as well as the outsourcing of otherwise illegal activities to private contractors. I mean, we could go on with Whitehead's piece, but you see, we're not living in a constitutional republic anymore. We're living in the shadow of what, was, what once was a constitutional republic. Unless the people withdraw consent, and I mean that, unless people just stop doing stupid things, by, like wearing masks and doing stupid things like having the temperatures taken to go to church. Unless they stop doing these stupid, injurious things to liberty, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. The people still, still do have the power because if enough people withdraw consent, there's nothing they can do. But make no mistake about it. We are in a police state, and it's, it's metastasizing. It's metastasizing. I'm not. I'm, I have no concern about the virus, even if it's real, because the numbers are puny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> unless you have several comorbidities and you're over 70 years old, there's really not much to worry about. Uh, I mean, it's just like the flu. Uh, you don't shut down the country during flu season because some people that are already ill and very elderly might get it and, and be hurt. You don't shut down the country. Same thing now with this COVID. But make no. Uh, make no mistake, the real bioweapon is the vaccine to really make that plural. The vaccines are going to unleash because the antibodies that are caused by 
uh, through uh, coronavirus. They don't last. So they're going to want to inoculate you repeatedly. So if the first one doesn't kill you or seriously injure you, maybe the second or third one will. It's what we're looking at. And you have to be prepared beforehand before it happens. If someone comes up to you with a gun in their hand and tells you to do anything, whether it's put on a mask or take a shot, the point at that time is gone for debate. There's no reason at that point. So you have to be prepared beforehand. You have to know what you're going to do. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I think eventually it will. But at first they will use social persuasion. They will get people to try and shame other people to do what the government says. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, Keeping Real with Pudgy Miller. Uh, Once again, I thank Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to use his forum. I will, Lord willing, hopefully be back in two weeks. In two weeks, on September 25th, that is, that will be the last Friday night of this month. And uh, I will hope to be on the air then that night at 9 p.m. Thank you again for listening to the KIRP Radio Show. Have a good night. K-I-R-P Radio! This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.